0: Football fans, welcome to the NFL Week 14 Recap for the Football v. Football Podcast. Great to be on today. Uh, Before we get started, I want to remind you guys, again, um, to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on, whether that be YouTube, or Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, or Anchor, or Stitcher, or Amazon, or whatever platform you're listening on, please go ahead and subscribe. And if there is a rating you can leave, leave a rating, leave a like, leave a comment, share it, (laughs) do all that stuff. But we'll go ahead and jump in with the first game of the day, an AFC East battle, the Buffalo Bills beating the New York Jets 20-12. This was a defensive battle early. Quinn and Williams, Had a couple sacks for the Jets, and Greg Rousseau had a couple sacks and a pass defense for the Bills. It was 0-0, I think, for the entirety of the first half of this game. This was one of those classic East Coast December type of games. Mike White. This guy showed incredible toughness. He got knocked out of this game twice and came back in, and it's a good thing he did because Flacco... Went one for three for one yard and a fumble. I guess uh, when you've been in the league for that long, you just need some time to warm up. And he wasn't given that time, you know, to get warm to football or to get warm in that weather. But Mike White came back twice. And I think he probably gutted it out because he had flashbacks of when he was replaced due to injury in his first stint as Jets QB, so he fought through, and he played well overall. This was a close game, an eight-point game. The Jets did have a chance to come back in this game and win it, but they came up short, and the bottom line here is this was a Josh Allen win. He threw for 147 yards, but no receiver had more than 40 yards, so he spread it around pretty well, and he ran the ball for 47 yards and a touchdown. And none of their running backs, or I guess their running backs totaled 50 yards rushing, so none of their running backs did much. And that was this game, essentially. This um, had big ramifications for this division, but also the playoffs. This was a close game uh, throughout, and if you guys remember, the first game was won by the Jets in a big upset, and that was the game that started their trajectory into a team that was not a fraud and they still are that way Um, and they're going to be fighting for a playoff spot but with every loss they take it gets a little bit tougher to qualify but these are two good teams I look forward to to watching them as the uh, season uh, continues here and, and, and closes out so um, moving on to the next game, Cincinnati Bengals beat the Cleveland Browns 23-10. Joe Burrow led another symphony in this game. Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon are back, and the rest of the league's in trouble. Samaje Pirine had a great touchdown run. He ran into a big pile of people. I think like all 22 people were in there at some point. And then he bounced it back out and somehow got out of that pile and and ran into the end zone with really impressive speed. Donovan Peoples-Jones on the the brown side of it had eight catches, 114 yards. He he also had a kick-return touchdown that was negated by penalty. And I've been touting this guy for a few weeks now, and I think he's absolutely legit. (coughs) Um, miles Garrett for this Browns defense had three tackles for loss game wrecker as usual. And another thing for the Browns here I noticed was rookie kicker Cade York was complaining at the end of the half when they opted to go for a Hail Mary instead of letting him try the longest field goal in NFL history, which was, uh, which would have been 68 yards. It was kind of funny how animated he was. And he was like, you know, like you don't see that kind of thing from like a rookie kicker, but he was um, he was the most animated I've seen <laughs> a kicker in a long time. So good for them. He has he has spunk. This kid. Um, final note here on the Bengals side: it looked like T. Higgins got hurt early, and his health is absolutely vital to the long term success of the Bengals in the playoffs. So. That team better hope that he's okay because even though Tyler Boyd and the Aussie, I think he's Aussie, Trent Irwin are okay, T. Higgins is one of the best, if not the best number two receiver in the league and if they want to go back to a second Super Bowl, uh, second straight Super Bowl, then they're going to need him on this team. Uh, moving on now to the Dallas Cowboys beating the Houston Texans 27-23. <clears> to <throat> Jeff Driscoll almost pulled off a miracle but the Cowboys woke up in time to stop it. Damian Pierce had a solid game 78 yards and a touchdown but lost another fumble and this seems to be an issue with him and Another thing I disagree with in this offense is they refuse to incorporate him into the pass game, and it really limits his effectiveness. I think maybe don't give him 30 carries. Maybe give him you know 20 carries and 10 receptions. Allow him to catch the ball in space. I mean, this guy's explosive, but when you have a bad offensive line, trying to continue to run just into the line and, and hope that he does something and... It's just not the best use of your resources. So, I hope they start incorporating him into the into the past game. They showed a lot of promise in this game. I'm gonna rattle off a lot uh, many other stats from the Texans here because they played an amazing game. Uh, their best game of the season, maybe. Chris Moore had 10 catches, 124 yards. He had the game of his life today. Amari Rogers came in from Green Bay. Didn't catch a single touchdown in his whole time in Green Bay. Caught his first touchdown ever today. For the Texans. The Houston defensive backs had a great day. 11 total passes defense and two picks by Tremont Smith. And their kicker, Kaimi Fairbairn, was solid all day. He hit all of his kicks, including a 54 yarder. And it absolutely looked like this team was going to get a win. Uh, this looked a lot like the Rams Seahawks game from last week where you have a team that has no business even being competitive, and they are winning the game uh, 23-20 late in the fourth quarter. But big catches for Dallas by Dalton Schultz and Noah Brown, who both had really good games. I think they both had about 80 yards or so receiving. Zeke and Pollard both ran for a score each, and then Pollard also caught a touchdown as well. So Pollard... Two touchdowns in this game. Again, absolutely vital for this team and their offense. Um, it took him so long to, to finally realize that he is the best weapon on this team. Uh, no one on Dallas played exceptional yards-wise. And Dak did, as I mentioned, make some mistakes today, and he continues to throw interceptions. Um he throws a lot of balls based on anticipation rather than what is open, and there seems to be a lack of a lack of synergy with with him and some of his receivers. I think they just need to, um, I don't know, in practice they need to, to to work on this more, and or maybe there needs to be something that goes off in his head that you know if if it's not there, if it's not there, don't throw it. You know, look elsewhere, throw it away, whatever. But. I'm saying these things as thinking of the Cowboys as a Super Bowl contender. You know, like these are the things that need to get fixed for them. But you know what? This team did enough to win. Some of these great teams have these barely wins to bad teams. You know, whatever. This happens even to the Chiefs and the Eagles and all these teams. So kudos to them. They pulled out the win, and the Texans still look like they're in line for the first overall pick. Moving to a NFC North battle, the Detroit Lions beating the Minnesota Vikings 34-23. to Jared Goff was a maestro. Spreading the ball to DJ Shark and Amon Ross St. Brown and Josh Reynolds and getting Jamison Williams his first touchdown catch on his first ever catch in his first ever NFL game. This was a guy that was highly, highly talented uh, uh, rookie wide receiver who has been injured all year. Finally, comes back in week four, week fourteen, immediately contributes. You know what? Something just clicked with me. I'm gonna I'm gonna mention this a little bit later in the uh, <laughs> in the notes here. But on the Minnesota side, Dalvin Cook had 15 rushes for 23 yards and lost a fumble. This happens to some of these. Elite running backs, sometimes they have these games where they just they can't get it done, especially when they're a little bit older like Dalvin Cook. But Justin Jefferson, 11 catches, 223 yards. And even though I think Devontae Adams is the best overall receiver in the league, um, Justin Jefferson has to be the best in the league at getting open. He has to be. He schemes his way. To being open after the catch i don't know he's he's not as good as Devonte, but the way that he finds seems even in tough defenses to get open very impressive so going back to that thing i mentioned earlier so vegas had the lions as favorites for some reason i thought for some reason going into this game even though the lions were five and seven and the vikings were ten and two a five game delta in wins. And something similar happened, but not as crazy uh, last week when Vegas had the four and seven Raiders favored over the six and five Chargers. So this got me thinking: what what exactly does Vegas know that the public doesn't? And I've talked to some friends about this, and you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. I still don't know, but one thing that just kind of click with me is they were taking into account the return of Jameson Williams <laughs> to the Lions to make this offense unstoppable, and it was correct even though he got he only had one catch, but it, it was a 41-yard touchdown. So that was one thing that probably played into it that I didn't uh, account for before. But Vegas has to know something; they gotta know something. Where are they getting this? In? Because the teams are the same, like. It, The Vikings weren't missing any players, as far as I know. Um, The Lions, they were just getting this uh, receiver back, but I don't know that they were getting anybody else back. So there was nothing crazy about this game to to turn the tide like that. Um, But if anybody knows this secret knowledge that Vegas has, because this is two weeks in a row now that I've been stunned that they've picked them as favorites Uh, these losing teams. So, if anybody knows, let me know. Moving on to the next game here, another divisional game, an AFC South game. The Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Tennessee Titans 36-22. Evan Ingram. 11 catches, 162 yards and 2 touchdowns. This is the game I've been expecting from him since his New York Giants days. And he won it for the Jaguars today. He is a wide receiver with a tight end as his distinction. Uh, He is absolutely not. He wears number 17 just like a wide receiver. He looks like a wide receiver. He blends in with all those other guys, Zay Jones, Marvin Jones, Kirsten Kirk. He just blends in. They all just look, they all look the same to me pretty much. Uh, And he blends in with them. Uh, but somehow he has the advantage of being a tight end and covered by sometimes linebackers instead of defensive backs. So he takes full advantage of that, and he he, he absolutely took full advantage of that today, and they don't really have a tight end behind him. And, um, yeah, I started him in, in one of my fantasy leagues, and I had tried to pick him up in some other leagues before as well, um, but he was snatched up last week. But, anyway, great game for Evan Ingram. This was his game. I have to give credit to his quarterback as well, Trevor Lawrence, uh, 368 yards and three touchdowns and no picks. On the Titans side, they continue to be an inconsistent team, which doesn't bode well for them uh, going into the playoffs if they make the playoffs. I guess we'll see now. Uh, Derrick Henry totaled 155 yards and a touchdown, but lost two key fumbles in this game that really, you know, I mean, this was a 14-point game. That's two possessions, so can't turn the ball over like that. Um, But yeah, Jaguars continue to, well, both of these teams are pretty inconsistent, to be honest with you. Jaguars can be either really great or really bad, and same thing for the Titans. Um, Titans continue to miss Traylon Burks. Absolutely. He's a game-changer for their team, so he was out for this game. If he ends up coming back next week or whenever he comes back, then they can, I think, get um, get back on track a bit. But moving on to yet another divisional game. I didn't realize how many divisional games were this week. But the Philadelphia Eagles beating the New York Giants 48-22. to Miles Sanders, 155 total yards, including 144 of those on the ground and a couple touchdowns. Jalen Hurts, another clean game. Just not making mistakes, uh, which is the best thing he can do, to be honest. Um, And on the the Eagles' defense, Brandon Graham had three sacks, and they continue to be just The most well-rounded team in the league, and they continue to show it every week, and they seem to be a well-coached team as well. Just another trouncing here. The Giants' offense was pitiful. The Eagles focused on uh, stopping Saquon Barkley and were absolutely successful. The Giants waved the white flag and put in Tyrod at some point in this game, and even their best receiver, Darius Slayton, didn't have a catch until the fourth quarter, I believe. He wasn't even targeted, I think, in the entire first half. Just this Giants team. And that that last NFC playoff spot, I mean, I'm going to allude more to it later, but that that last playoff spot, I mean, you know, you're talking about the Eagles. Okay, clear number one. But the other teams in the NFC this week, the Vikings, we just mentioned, lost to the Lions. The Cowboys, just mentioned, even though they are a good team, they almost lost to the Texans today. And now the Giants, who are set to to uh, to fight for, w- with the Washington Commanders for, for one of the final spots. Uh, man, I mean, are the Eagles just going to, is it going to be a cakewalk for them? Uh, we will touch on the NFC West teams a little bit later, but it just seems like at the back end of this NFC uh, playoff picture, looks to be pretty weak. But now we'll move on to, you guessed it, another divisional battle. In the AFC North, Baltimore Ravens beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 16-14. to J.K. Dobbins, 120 yards and a touchdown, came right off IR and into the end zone and won this game for the Ravens. Ravens' leading receivers, of course, household names, Demarcus Robinson and 90-year-old Deshaun Jackson. Mark Mark Anthony, Mark Andrews, I believe only had 17 yards in this game and kind of leads me to believe he only has rapport with Lamar Jackson. Now, I will eat a little bit of crow in this game, even though they won the game, Tyler Huntley. 88 yards passing this game. Not great, not great, not even good. (laughs) You know, on the other side, of course, you got to give Pittsburgh Steelers defense credit for that, and they are, you know, up and coming, and they did have some really key uh, penalties in this game that essentially cost them the game, along with the quarterback. Ooh boy, Mitchell Trubisky, terrible game, three interceptions. This offense had a non-existent run game. Najee Harris led all running backs on this team with 33 yards. And the Steelers' chance of winning this game ended at the beginning of the game when Kenny Pickett was knocked out after throwing a single pass, uh, knocked out of the game with a concussion. Hope he's okay. But this was another ugly AFC North game. And both of these teams just they don't look like they're gonna be doing much in, in the playoffs. Uh, I know both of them were missing their starting quarterbacks, but I don't know. The you know I, I don't have a high opinion of Lamar personally. I don't think he's gonna come back and, and do very much. Pickett, when he does come back, they're still just kind of a mediocre team, but Pickett in this game, they could have won. Moving now to an AFC West Divisional game. Kansas City Chiefs beating the Denver Broncos 34-28. to Patrick Mahomes, on a day when he threw three interceptions, still won the game because he's Houdini. That's why. That's how he won this game. He threw an unbelievable touchdown pass to Jarek McKinnon, eluding pressure, scrambling. Running into a potential sack and right at the line of scrimmage, he threw an underhanded ball like a damn apple toss to Jarek McKinnon, and then Jarek McKinnon did the rest of it. But you got to watch this. It's not enough. It doesn't justify for me to just talk about it. You got to watch this. Jarek McKinnon, a running back, led this team in receiving today. Seven catches, 112 yards. On the Broncos side, Coming into this game, the Broncos were on track to score less points than the 0-16 Cleveland Browns did. The winless team. They were on track to score less points than them. But man, Russell Wilson played the game of his season today. Led his team in rushing. Put up 28 points. The most they've scored this season against one of the best teams in the league. He suffered a bad concussion at the hands of his former teammate Frank Clark where the look on his face when they zoomed in was terrifying to see. Uh, I really felt really bad for that He didn't know where he was. His eyes were glazed and uh, glossing over and it was it was pretty scary to see. And he had a big welt on his head that they showed um I haven't watched his post-game press conference. I've been watching it. I am a Seattle Seahawks supporter, and and seeing what he's been going through this year has been, I don't know. It's been really upsetting to see. Um, But his connection with Jerry Judy today was exceptional. Jerry Judy had a hat trick of touchdowns, three touchdowns, and he had the game of his season as well, but it still wasn't enough. Even though the Denver defense also played, it won't show it, but the Denver defense played their hearts out. They had three interceptions, two picks for Josie Jewell, and one for Patrick Sertan, who is one of the best quarterbacks in the league, undoubtedly. But it's the same story for these Denver Broncos, these 2022 Denver Broncos. It's not enough. They don't do enough to win games. And they still, they're stuck on three wins in week 14. Good for the Seahawks draft pick. Bad for this team. Bad for this team. Um, It's really a train wreck for them. They had a chance to win this game, but... Chiefs too good and Broncos don't know how to win. Moving now to what was supposed to be a real... Close game. A really competitive game. The San Francisco 49ers versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But it wasn't at all. 49ers beat the Bucs 35-7. to The Bucs looked absolutely feckless. But Brock throws a purdy ball. And he shocked everyone by leading this team to a dominating victory. This was very nearly a 35 to nothing shutout. The Bucks were committing so many penalties. This team is so undisciplined in that regard. The run game continues to be below average. Rashad White lost the fumble, only had about 50 yards rushing. And Tom Brady is still not in sync with the great weapons that he has. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Leo Jones, Russell Gage, Scotty Miller, Cameron Bray, Kate Otten. There's no excuse, Tom. There's no excuse. I don't know if he if he doesn't practice. I don't know. Tom seems to be distracted with other things, but they need to get into that practice space and just practice with all your receivers. I mean, this is this was really embarrassing today for them. Meanwhile, on the other side, Christian McCaffrey totaled 153 yards and two touchdowns and is proving to be a team-changing addition and possibly a division-changing and a conference-changing and a (laughs) league-changing addition to this team, which I, as somebody that's a fan of another team in the NFC West, absolutely despise. And as I watched, (laughs) I just watched the the Miami Dolphins game today, And they have two former um, Niners running backs, Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson, by the way, is one of the most brittle running backs, Um, one of the most brittle players. Seems to get injured almost every game. Raheem Mostert, his his best days are behind him. So Mike Shanahan is looking like a genius right now, the way he's pivoted and, and found places for his running backs. And even Jordan Morris, their rookie running back, looks good. So he finds a way to run running backs under the ground, but while they're on his team, optimizes them, absolutely. And the Niners, this Thursday night, they play the Seahawks in what was supposed to be a game for the NFC West title, but won't be. Because the Carolina Panthers beat the defenseless Seattle Seahawks 30-30. To twenty four, <sighs> folks. Gino Smith, the guy that doesn't throw tur- doesn't make turnovers, the guys that, that that doesn't throw interceptions. He had three turnovers today. Could have had six turnovers if J.C. Horn kept his feet in after a catching a few more picks. In fact. The Panthers' defensive back, J.C. Horn, could have easily been Geno's leading receiver if he knew how to keep his feet in bounds. And that's no exaggeration. The leading receiver on this team had five catches. J.C. Horn could have had six. The Hawks got run all over uh, again. Uh, They got run all over again, giving up 223 yards on the ground to a couple of average running backs. And I have to say, Pete Carroll, the experiment is over. You got to stop using six defensive backs and put some damn players in the box and stop the run. You got to do it. Seahawks had no run game today. Obviously, Kenneth Walker out, DJ Dallas out, and Travis Homer, Homer Simpson, led the backfield with 26 yards. Completely ineffective. and if if this team can't figure out how to run the ball and stop the run, they're not even going to sniff the playoffs. They got the commanders and the giants ahead of them in the in the standings right now, and I wouldn't have said this to start the season or even a month or two ago. But Giants and the the Commanders look even better than this team. If you can imagine that. The Seahawks still have the Niners, the Chiefs, and the Jets on their schedule. Good freaking luck. So that'll do it for the Week 14 slate. This Week 14 recap the football v football podcast I want to thank you all for listening today on this quick recap show I want to remind you as I did at the beginning of the podcast go ahead and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube or listening on any of the podcast platforms you can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter and you can support this podcast by going to Kofi and finding our page there KO-FI.com forward slash football v football. So thanks all for tuning in today. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. We'll be back soon with another one. Have a fantastic day, football fans.